Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome out. Welcome out. Great to be on a Wednesday night. I love coming on Wednesday night. Need that boost midweek. Need that time to connect with the Lord and with each other. And then tonight's a great night. You are here on purpose, and God has led you here because we have a very special guest um, I'm really excited about. Let me just give him a quick introduction. A lot of you know uh, Ron Wallachie. Uh, as far as our relationship with Tree Life, it has been years and years and years. I won't tell him how many years because it might make you feel old, but not me because I'm young. And uh, so I've been blessed to do a lot of ministry with Ron. Uh, my dad had to connect with him years ago. Tree Life has been a part of what he's doing in Mexico. In fact, it is a big part of who Tree of Life is, all the missions work that we've done. We've built churches. I don't remember how many churches we've partnered with, countless crusades, uh, so many souls saved over all these many, many years, hundreds probably of Tree of Lifers over the years, making trips down to Mexico, medical missions, setting up clinics, uh, kids' services, tent crusades, uh, two uh, things. When I share about water baptism, I always share a particular story. It's about a time in Mexico at a water baptism, and it's totally changed my view of water baptism, really touched my life. It was... Uh, uh, with Ron, and we were doing meetings at a village called Rancho Nuevo. It's on top of a mountain, beautiful, amazingly beautiful place, and a bunch of people had gotten saved in the crusades. We went on down a long walk down to the river, and uh, that was such an amazing, powerful moment for me. I share that every time when we talk about water baptism, the power of that. It was in uh, the church, the very first church tree life ever built, and it was dedicated unto the Lord, my dad, actually, uh, the founding pastor, about six weeks before he went home home to be with the Lord. He was there with a team and then uh, dedicated that church and then graduated to heaven about six weeks later. So we have a lot of history with Ron. Um, I'm excited about tonight that you get to hear him. And I just want you to show some love as we welcome him as he gets ready to bring the word. Amen. Amen. Testing. Un, dos, tres. You all right? Well, it's good to be here. Um, How many of you know me? I'm just curious. There's so many faces out there, it's hard to... Six. All right, I need to come back here more often. Uh, it's really good to be here and with Pastor Don and the Duncan family. And uh, I've been in Mexico almost 30 years now. And uh, a lot of you don't know that um, Pastor Don's mom came down and um, was in just God touched her down in Mexico and uh, that kind of started uh, reaching out and just, you know, with Sister Karen Duncan, it's a full, it's full speed ahead, right? How many, yeah, we, and so I was adopted into Tree of Life more than 20 years ago. I consider Tree of Life my home church. And uh, so I, somebody asked me, well, how many souls do you think you've prayed with? And I just kind of stood back. And I thought, about a thousand a year. So with the help of Tree and a lot of other people, we've, I probably prayed for about 30,000 people to receive the Lord in that time, a conservative amount. But that's, that's, a, that's a joint effort of, of everybody working together. I've, I went down to Mexico with, you know, $50 a month. And I had a truck that had no missionary calling whatsoever. And... Uh, and then I had a death threat on my life because I was working out where they grew the marijuana and I'm thinking, I'm broke. I have a truck that's broke and now they want to kill me and I don't want to be here. Amen. 
You know, sometimes God will put us in a place that we don't want to be. Okay, I'm from Mexico. I like to see people respond. I really don't care if you believe it or not. Just respond. That makes me feel good. Amen. But, you know, over 30 years, you know, God can work on your life. God can change you and mold you and conform you. Sister Rada's out here somewhere. Where's Sister Rada? There's my favorite Spanish teacher from 1985. Amen. She put up a lot from me. I love you, Rada. Thank you. Amen. Great woman, great patience, great woman of God. And so, you know, God just brings people into your life. Amen. You just can't say, well, this person, he looks rich. He can help me. Right? I know none of you have done that, but, you know, it's crossed my mind a time or two. And, but anyway, it just seems like that God leads us in different directions. I'm, you know, I live in northern Mexico, and northern Mexico is a mess. And, uh, and people say, well, why are you there? I'm still trying to figure out why I left Montana in 1984. So, you know, it's, you know God has not to- told me to leave. Right? I mean, you know, we're, I figure God's big enough to speak to me. Amen? And so if God's not saying nothing to me about moving me or, or placing me in a different place, I just continue to do what I know to do. Amen? And so during this 30 years, I think we part, partnered with Tree, and Tree was a big part of the ministry down there for a lot of years. And I, I've been part of raising 30 churches up and, you know, 10,000 meetings later and 5,000 crusades later and, you know, we, we just keep going on. We just keep going on. I think we, we lose that perspective. You know, well, what, what if something goes wrong? You pick up the pieces and you go on. Okay? A lot of times we're looking for an explanation why things happen. Pick up the pieces and go on. Amen? Well, this didn't work. Pick up the pieces and go on. What did Jesus speak to you? I know what he spoke to me in 1982. Amen. I wish I would have wrote, written it down at that time because I think we retain it a lot better. Okay. How many have ever had God speak to you? In a real uh, outside, in a real tangible way, God impacted and almost literally came down and spoke to you. Okay, I think we need a, them, are, them are special times. Them can mark and dictate the rest of your life. Write that stuff down. Amen. That's what God told the, the Habakkuk. He said, write down the vision. Why? Because Satan comes immediately to endeavor to take that word out of your life. Okay? Now look. Well, look. Mira. There we'll go. We'll just flop over to switch over to Spanish, okay? Mira. I, I don't mean to be, you know, sound mandante. You'll figure that word out around midnight. Anyway, it says, it says Satan immediately comes to what? Take the word. 
He's not interested in putting sickness on you. He's not interested in taking your wealth or bringing poverty on you. If he can get the seed or the word out of you, everything else is easy. Amen? And so when I find myself in situations, the word has to, has to have preeminence in my life. What does the word say? I understand the circumstances. Amen? The circumstances are all around us, right? But what does the word say? So with that, I invite you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. And the Lord laid this message on me, and I thought, after all the situation, tests and trials and problems and just everything in 34 years of ministry, I thought this was good. I thought this is what we need to hear on both sides of the border. We need to be able to discern what God is saying to us. What did Jesus say? He said, my sheep, my sheep hear my voice. It's imperative that we're able to discern the voice of the Lord. Right? Because there's all kinds of voices out there. Amen? And it says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. The voice of a stranger, they won't follow. They'll flee from that. So it's, it's indicative that we're able to discern what God is speaking to us. If we want to live a victorious life, a prosperous life, life to the maximum, we need to understand what God is speaking to us. I'm not saying you need to be missionaries or whatever. This, this is just general. This encompasses all our lives. I, you know... I know I, I look 30, but the reality is I'm almost 58. <laughs> In two more years, I'm going to be 60, my God. Can't we just wind the clock back or something? Amen. <laughs> Anybody up in their 50s, don't raise your arm. Yeah. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I don't have another 10 years just to miss God. I want to understand what God is speaking to, to me today. And so here in Mark chapter 4, Jesus makes this, he speaks to his disciples, he says in verse 35, and the same day when evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass unto the other side. Very easily understood, right? We're going to go over their side. Let us go to the other side. A lot of times what we, we hear God, he speaks to us, and we think, oh, that's cool. Until we get into the situation, and we think, man. Amen? I was in 1982 in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and God moved on my life. He said, Ron... Will you go anywhere I send you? And at that time, I was naive, and I said, yes, Lord, I'll go anywhere you, you tell me to go. Right? I mean, God just has these ways about him of, of just melting our heart with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I just, Lord, wherever, you know how we make yeah. these statements. Lord, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. I don't make these statements anymore. <laughs> I'm like Ezekiel. God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said, only you know God. I thought that was a real good answer. 
Amen. And Jesus said, let us go to the other side. And when they sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there rose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that, so that it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, afraid, trembling, and didn't know what to do. No? Do you think Jesus is stressed out at this point in time? Do you think he's calling his mother-in-law, trying to get somebody to pray for him at this time? <laughs> What was he doing? Those that are are in faith have entered into rest. How many believe God's gonna let the ship go down with Jesus on it? Well, we gave it a shot. Wasn't expecting the storm. Sunk, Jesus drowned. Yeah, the whole scenario is ridiculous, right? And your scenario can be ridiculous also. Aren't we in the palm of God's hand? Aren't we written in his hand? He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And what do we do when a storm comes up? We forget everything that Jesus said to us, don't we? Everything was cool before they got in that boat. Sure, we'll go to the other side, no problem. Amen? They get in the boat a Following the orders of Jesus, the Lamb of God, Emmanuel, God with us, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and a storm rises, and they're at the point of sinking. We all doing all right? And they awake him and saith unto him, Lord, don't you love me anymore? That's my interpretation of that. Care thou not that we perish? And he rose and rebuked the wind and the sea and said unto them, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? Where is your faith? What did Jesus want them to do? Take dominion over the storm? What do you do when you get in a storm of life? My wife, my blessed wife, went home to be with the Lord. She hit seven cars one day. Seven. Seven. I thought, how can anybody that be five foot two cause so much damage? Amen. And they called me, the police, they said, is your wife Maria de Refugio Cervantes Wallachie? And I thought, 
Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she just had a major accident and you have to come down. And I'm thinking, she caused it. She can figure it out. I'm going to the border. (laughs) No. (laughs) But you know, God, you know, God had it all. You know, God was with us through that whole time. God sent a man, you know, a half a Christian, if that's possible, um, to just, you know, keep us from getting, you know, you have, you, you have a seven-car pile up in Mexico. Um, that's not good. All right, we'll just say it's not good. But the moment these disciples understood what Jesus said, but the first problem that arose, they forgot completely everything that Jesus said to them. I know none of you are like that, are you? Right? What did Jesus say? Let us go to the other side. That's what you got to grab hold of. What has God spoken to you? Grab hold of that. Amen? Why? Because immediately Satan cometh and he'll endeavor to take that seed that was sown in your heart. He wants to take that out. Amen? I have to, after all these years, I've evolved into that. I'm a word man. I know that might sound contrite, but I need that to, to dominate and guide and lead. And besides everything else, what is, what does the word say? Amen. And if we could, we, if we can grasp that, that concept, that revelation, that there is no, nothing more important, nothing more stronger than that word, we'll go over. Jesus said, all those that are born again, all right, my English isn't that great, so just hang out. All those that are born of God, what? Overcometh, overcometh, overcometh the world. Just on that simple fact, even though you might not even realize it, when you get born again, God considers you an overcomer. In Spanish, I like the the rendering that the Spanish gives. It says, all those that are born again or born of God conquer the world. To me, that sounds, that sounds stronger to me. I can, I can grasp that concept. I conquer through Jesus. And if I pay the price, and if I run the race, and if I confront the situations, the problems, the storms, the demonic entities, whatever, then God considers me more than a conqueror. Amen? If anything, if they said, well, what kind of title would you want after 30 years of ministry and, and going everywhere in Mexico? I would like to be considered more than a conqueror. Amen? Paul said, all these things, hunger, nakedness, sword, being in, in, in danger, uh, fasting's off, and he said, this is nothing. This is nothing. And all these things, I am more than a conqueror. Amen? And anybody that overcomes, that's how God looks at you, as more than a conqueror. Is that all right? Are we doing all right? Okay, y'all looking at me, man. You should see some of these looks I'm getting. 
But this is how I have to live. Repeating, I live in northern Mexico. Okay? All the stories you heard about northern Mexico are true. That's all I'm going to say. And so people ask me, why do you stay there? I don't know. How's <laughs> that sound? Because God hasn't told me to leave. I've, I've planted one church this year. I got another one almost finished, and I'm going to start another one. Why do I do this? I don't know. This is what I do. Amen? It's like if we could grasp this concept when you're coming over a big hill as dark or if you're coming in at night on on an airplane, all of a sudden you see all these little lights all around. Amen? And I believe if we, we continue reaching out and leading people to the Lord and, and, and you know, building churches and expanding the kingdom of God, that's how it looks from heaven. You have all these thousands and millions of lights throughout the world. Amen? But, you know, there is a price to pay. There is a price. Amen? If you're here on Wednesday night, that's a good sign. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to try this again. If you're on here on Wednesday night, that's a good sign. Just answer like Ezekiel. You know, only thou knoweth, Lord. Okay? I'm not trying to recruit anybody, but it's a good sign that you're here on Wednesday night. That shows that you have hunger, that you desire the things of God, that, that you need this midweek service just to give you that boost. You know how kids get up in the morning or people drink these energy things, these monsters, whatever these things are? It's like drinking 17 cups of coffee in one shot. <laughs> I, I, to me, Wednesday night services, are, we used to have Sunday night services, some of the most glorious free times in the spirit of God are here. Why? Because you have committed people here. We want to be here. We want to be where the presence of the Lord. David said, I was glad. I was glad when they said, let us go up to the house of the Lord. And thank God Tree of Life is here. Thank God for the spirit over this place. Thank God for the musicians and the pastor and the teaching and the history and the foundations and the price that, the price that people had to pay to raise this church up. Okay? One time, Jesus fed the thousands, fed the multitudes, and he told his disciples, he said, get into the boat and go to the other side. Why, why, why however you say it in English, why release the people? And Jesus went apart to pray. And the disciples got in a boat and they started crossing over the Sea of Galilee. And we've all heard this story, but I want to give you a different perspective on it. And around four o'clock in the morning, they were in a big storm. Okay? Jesus was not with them. Amen? They were following the words of Jesus. Go to the other side. And Jesus released the people and he went aside to pray. And the, the boat was at the point of sinking. And at four o'clock in the morning, we'll just say four o'clock in the morning, the fourth watch, Jesus came walking across the water. And these super anointed, super spiritual disciples and apostles thought it was a ghost. Amen? Because it's difficult. Now, 
listen, listen to this. It's difficult to recognize Jesus when you're in a storm. Amen. It is extremely difficult to find God when you're poor and they're taking away your house and your car and everything else. It's difficult to find God when you're sick. It's difficult to recognize Jesus when your life's in danger. Amen. Just always remember that. It's difficult. You're thinking, where is God? He's with you. And Peter... He saw Jesus, saw this, this image that looked like Jesus. And he, now, listen how he phrases this question. He says, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come to you. What's going to say? It's not me. Sister Rita, is that you? Yeah, that's me, but I don't want him to come. (laughs) Don't we put God in a box sometimes? Lord, if that be you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, come. And that's where I go back to that that simple verse in John 10, 10. It says, my sheep hear my voice. It don't matter what's going on around us, we want to be able to discern the voice of Jesus. And so this is what happens. Peter recognizes the voice of Jesus. Faith begins where the will of God's known. Jesus says, come, and what does Peter do? He steps out of something, what appears to be a secure place, which was sinking, and he steps out, Unto the water. You and me? Lord, is that you? Yes, come. We grab hold of the side of the boat and we test. That's called hope. <laughs> We're hoping this water will hold us. But without faith, But without faith, but without faith, you're not going to see the glory of God. God only moves where there is faith. Believe me on this one. At 30 years in Mexico, well, brother, I hope so. (laughs) If hope could move God, man, we'd all be home by now. Well, I, I sure hope so. You know, they're all shorter than me, the majority of them. They kind of look at me out of the corner of their eye. Well, I'm hoping, brother. Well, I'm sorry. God only moves where there's faith. Are, are we in agreement on that? Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so Jesus, I don't believe he was in a good mood when they woke him up. Has anybody pushed God to infinity and beyond? Don't show hands, but I can look at your faces and think, 
I have pushed God beyond where I needed to push him. And so Jesus was exhausted, asleep, and they awoke him. They said, Master, careth thou not that we perish? I mean, the whole scenario is ridiculous. And Jesus wakes up, looks at the storm, rebukes it, makes this statement that has just, just he says, where is your faith? Being in the presence of God, there's a transfer of anointing. Later, Jesus would send them out by twos and he gave them power, power, authority over demonic entities and they came back rejoicing that even Satan or them demons were subject to his name. And so I, my, my personal opinion is they, just being in the presence of Jesus, being in the presence of Emmanuel, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the King of Glory, there is a transfer of anointing onto their lives and Jesus expected them as much as he expects us today not to get in fear. Amen? Amen. Not to get in fear. Fear is a real, is a real force, okay? Is that all right? Fear is the opposite of faith. I wasn't going to share this, but since this, this coincides with this sermon, I was about, well, about three years ago, I was driving home for a meeting, and I was going across the desert of Mexico, and I was all out there all alone, and I was doing about 80 miles an hour, half asleep, like a good Mexican driver, and, uh, and, a, and a vehicle went flying by me and slammed on the brakes. And I thought, this isn't good. Because, you know, we have so much problem with with the cartels and the mafia and stuff like that. These people wanted me or my vehicle or whatever. I thought, I'm not stopping. So I slammed on my brakes and I I turned it around and I just punched it down. And I'm driving about 100 miles an hour across the desert. And they're right behind me. And I'm praying, Lord, Lord, help, help, Lord, Lord. And all they go said, take authority. My hoping was not getting the job done. This is a life of life and death. <laughs> Wake up. Take your authority. A lot of times we are very passive in confronting the situation. And I reached down deep within my spirit. Is that all right? Okay, deep. I mean, this is, this is life and death type stuff. And I just took dominion, authority over them demonic entities that were operating these men. And they just backed off. Amen. I don't even want to think what would have happened 
if I would just remain passive and just hoping. Amen? A lot of, I'm not saying this all times, but a lot of times we're too passive in dealing with the situation. There was an old time teaching. It says, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. You had the authority. I had the authority. I believe we can put a stop to a lot of this junk that goes on in our life in the lives of our families. Amen. And being passive is not getting the job done. When I saw how that, that, that I just say the cartel just backed off just like that, I thought, this stuff works. Amen. When Jesus said to them disciples, where is your faith? I believe with every being, fiber of my being, that Jesus expected them to take authority. That all right? Amen. 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 I told you I'm from Mexico. Okay, so just... And so Peter says, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come. There's some people that should be stepping out a little bit more in faith. Amen. God has placed things in your life, in your heart. There's visions and dreams God's placed in your life. And you've been passive, unsure of. You know, it's time to step out and start going after that dream, that vision. When I left Montana, I had a, I had a dream. I just didn't know what to do with it. I had a vision in my heart that I didn't know what it was. Okay? I had a stirring in me to do what I'm doing now. It wasn't until I was in a spiritual environment where I made that decision to pursue that dream and vision that I was able to discern what God was speaking to me. Okay? A lot of times we're in the wrong place. We have this, this, this gift within us that, want, that, are, are, that we want to bring it out, but we're in the wrong place. We're wrong to, wrong, around the wrong people. Okay? Okay, now don't stone me for heresy. Okay? This is always a good way to go, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to just present this, and you can use this as, as a metaphor analogy in your life. How are we doing on time? What's that? I preached for four hours once in Mexico. I thought it was great. Nobody came back the next day, but for four hours, man, I was T.L. Osborne and Billy Graham and Oral Roberts wrapped in one. 
Amen. So we'll just stop it there, okay? Hallelujah. We doing all right? ¿Cómo estamos? Bien? ¿Quién vive? ¿Quién vive? ¿Quién vive? Órale, órale. Thank you. God bless you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.